right? Everybody wants the Audi. Everybody wants the BMW. Everybody wants the Mercedes until it's time to pay those repair costs. Can you afford to repair the vehicle? Yo, what's goody, what's goody, Latrell in a hoodie, and welcome to another episode of the Brother Next Door podcast, where we talk about finance, personal development, and skills to get you further in life through extra steps, and my own personal experiences. In this episode, we are talking about my experience with buying a car. Um, it's been a long journey, it's been months, I've been looking and searching and doing all these different things, but I finally got one, got an O3 Camry. Um, so we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about why I bought it. Let's talk about the things, obviously, that I learned from the car buying process and things to look out for. At the end, I'm going to tell you why I messed up. I messed up big time with this purchase. We'll, we'll see if it works out, but I will let you know at the end of the episode what I did wrong and, uh, why it's on this list of <laughs> what I learned. Uh, in the car buying process, everything isn't always sweet. Everything doesn't always go as planned. And that just, you know, happens to happen uh, throughout life. And so this is just one of those moments. This is a learning opportunity. It cost me $3,400 and some change. Well, right now it did. We'll, we'll see how much it costs, you know, after I figure out what's actually going on. But um, that's how much I bought the car for. And uh, we're just going to get into it. I love cars. or No, nah, I ain't going to say I love cars. I like talking about cars. Uh, I had a 2003 Tahoe uh, previously, and I did nothing but fix that, John. And it, it, it's honestly fun. Like, yeah, some some people might not enjoy fixing cars. Some people, you know, would rather let a mechanic do it or there shouldn't be a problem with the car to begin with. Yes, 1,000%. But when you get into these older cars, these 20-year-plus cars, they're going to break down. Some of these sensors are going to go out. Some of these, you know, oil pumps, all these different things are going to wear and need to be replaced. And, you know, to me, that's kind of like my own little hobby of, you know, fixing my own car, not, you know, doing anything crazy like adding spoilers or anything like that or, you know, adding anything crazy or, you know, doing upgrades, but just fixing it. <laughs> like taking a Saturday or whatever, when I have time, of course, to, you know, take the engine apart, see how these different pieces go together and how they work together and just fix it. And, you know, it's just something I enjoy doing. Um, and so that's why, you know, I went back to an older car because they are easier to fix, because they are easier to fix. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But let's get to it. First thing that I learned, understand, oh, here we go, another disclaimer. I'm no professional car buyer. This is the very first car I ever purchased on my own. I had three cars previously given to my, uh, given to me from my parents and grandparents. Um, and so this is the first car that I bought with my own money, cash car, outright, mine, in my name, all that good stuff. So it was very, uh, it felt very good because th like this is the best I've ever felt. Well, not best, but like, yeah, you know, this is the best I've ever felt about receiving a car because I worked, you know, I worked for it. I got the money I saved for it, and then I bought it outright. And so that was pretty rewarding. Yeah, not just nothing flashy. Yes, it's, you know, nothing to break your neck at. But, 
you know, I'm like it's fully mine. It's not under anybody's name. It's not something I'm borrowing or anything like that. Like it's a thousand percent mine. And so it's a good feeling when you're able to buy something uh, of that nature, of that, you know, price point and be able to say it's 100 percent yours. Um, So with that being said, like I said, it's my first time. So take everything with a grain of salt, like every other episode. Do your own research. Take bits and pieces that I learned. Apply it to you. Do more research. Go more in depth with it. See if it will apply to you as well and if it'll work for your process. And we will go from there. This episode is not, you've already seen the time, but this episode is not going to be 15 minutes. I li- like I said, I like talking about cars. And so, it's, I mean, I'm a nerd out a little bit. So you're going you to get some sauce in this episode. I guarantee you that. You're going to get some sauce in this episode about cars. Um, but I'm also going to give you some, you know, general ideas. I'm not going to go too mechanical with it, but I'm going to give you some basic ideas that you need to uh, look out for when it comes to buying a car, whether it's from a dealership or it is a private seller. A private seller is just somebody else selling a car. Right? Let's get right into it. First thing. Before you even look for a car, why are you buying the car? Do you really need the car? Is this a need? I need something to get me or my family from A to B? Or is this just a car I ride out, you know, take to the track, a car that I ride on the weekends, a little fun car? What type of car is it? That's what you need to figure out first, right? Next, you need to figure out is what is the uh, same thing? What is the car for? So is it for just you? Is it for a family, right? Are you just taking it to go to and from work? Do you know your daily commute? You only need, you know, five seats, whatever. Do you have a bigger family? Do you carry a little bit more things, right? Do you need a SUV? That's going to take up more gas. That's going to cost a little bit more, right? Or do you need a truck to haul things? Yes, you can haul with the SUV, But, you know, do you need a truck? Whatever. Are you using diesel? Are you using gas? Are you using electric? All these things you need to figure out before you even start looking for a car. Right? Because what's going to happen is, and this is exactly what I'm speaking a thousand percent from experience, is you're going to start looking and you're going to be like, ooh, I I like that. I like that uh, Camry. Ooh. I like that Dodge. Ooh, I like that Tahoe. And you, you're just going to go from all these different things, and then the process of finding a car is going to take even longer. So what, in my opinion, can you do it that way? Yes. Do whatever works for you. If you have no preference, whether it's a car, SUV, whatever, you don't care about gas, because that's really what it comes down to is gas and space, then cool. You can do it that way. As long as you get your features, as long as within the price point, cool. You can do it that way. But with me, when I'm shopping for a car, when I was shopping for a car, I was looking for a specific thing. And what I was personally looking for was a car to get me from point A to B, right? A car, uh, I'm out of order. Here we go. But a car that was going to get me from point A to B, a, a sedan or a car very similar to the Tahoe. That way I could just interchange parts real quick. Um, And that car that was going to hold its value for the next 
three years while I pay off the rest of my student loans. I was very intentional about getting this car. It wasn't just, oh, I need a car. It was, there's a problem with the car. I'd rather get another car <laughs> than putting more money into a Tahoe, let alone a gas guzzler, let alone seven seats, when only one seat's being used 99% out of the whole year. That doesn't, it doesn't make sense for me to have the Tahoe anymore. Yes, it's cheap. Yes, it's easy for me to fix for the most part. I, I'm not getting into no engine and crankshaft or, yeah, crankshaft and all that. I'm, I'm not doing all that. But as far as all the other stuff, water pump, all that stuff, cool. I, I, I can take care of that. But it just didn't make sense anymore for me to be spending all that money on gas. I'm talking like $70 a week on gas, just going back and forth from UNT to work to uh, record episode, like it just didn't, to church, like it didn't make sense to be spending all that money on gas when I'm the only one in the truck, <laughs> right? It did not make sense. And so at first I was like, okay, let me just get something similar. That way I could just, you know, interchange parts. Like I said, put in, you know, the new alternator. Cause I bought it. I bought a lot of new parts for that truck. And so I was like, let me just switch it over and have an even newer, you know, old car. But then I was like, that doesn't, it, it still doesn't make sense, right? And so I was like, let me go ahead and just get a car. Let me get something that um, will get me from point A to point B, and that will save me a lot more money on gas. And so that's what I sold it on was a car. Next up, so you figured out why you need the car whether it's for pleasure, whether it's a need, whatever. Figure that out. Next, now make a list of your wants. You first had a list of your needs. Now make a list of your wants. What are the conveniences you want in your car? Do you want adaptive cruise control? Do you want heated, ventilated seats? Do you want heated side mirrors? Do you want motorized side mirrors? Do you want uh, motorized windows or do you want to crank that thing? Yes, they still have cars that make you crank the windows up and down. What conveniences do you want in your vehicle think about that next how long do you want to keep the car a lot of people don't think about this how long do you want to keep the car do you want to keep it for a couple years do you want to keep it for a year maybe a lease is you know the way to go do you want to keep it you know for five ten years okay now now you know we're in the gray area of lease by own or well, not five to 10 years, but uh, now we're in the gray area of buying a cash car or, you know, uh, financing a car, financing a newer car, right? And so you got to think about these things. How long do I want to own the car? How much would the car depreciate by the time I get ready to sell the car, right? My first, my first goal is to pay off this debt, right? but I still need a car to get me from point A to point B. So let me go ahead and take this time frame of when I think I'm gonna pay off this car, which right now is more like two, putting two grand towards it every month compared to the three grand. I really wanted to do, you know, I really wanted to put three grand towards it, but now it's looking more like two grand until I figure out how much they're gonna pay me once I graduate. Um, so, but once I get those numbers, then I'll uh, have a better idea of when I'll be able to pay it off. But right now, it's looking more like two, a, two years from now, right? Two years from January, max, 
what's that? Twenty four. Yeah, max, max is uh, cause that's forty eight thousand. I'm around forty eight right now. So max is unless you know something unforeseen happens. Uh, forty eight thousand. I pay that off. Cool. Let me hold on to this car for two years. Let me take care of it, and then try to sell it off. For you know, I'm I'm okay with even losing a thousand. I'm like it's it's not a big deal, because if I can get a car, fix it up, make it look nice, right, make make it mine, right, and then lose a thousand, lose two thousand, after two years, I'll take that. I I I'll take that L. Take that money, use it as a down payment, uh, for another car, and we go from there, right. And so keep that in mind. I'm not either way cash finance. Some people are. Only buy your cars cash. Some people are, you know, or not a lot of people are only finance, but it depends on what you're doing with your money. How you moving with your money? Are you investing? What are you doing? If you're just the average Joe, not, you know, strategic with the investing and putting your money in other places, you know, cash or, you know, finance. But if you're very strategic, then maybe you don't want to put all your money into this depreciating asset and not have that available for investing so you got to think about that as well uh last thing do you have this is important do you have the money for repairs right everybody wants the audi everybody wants the bmw everybody wants the mercedes until it's time to pay those repair costs can you afford to repair the vehicle understanding my situation Understand this first. The newer these cars are getting, the newer the car, the more technology there's going to be, the more programming there's going to be. By programming, I mean you're going to have to specifically take it up to them or a mechanic that has the you know ability to program it to fix whatever's going on, right? And so you got to understand the more technology, yes, it's great. Yes, it's convenient. But the more risk of something happening to all these sensors and all these different things. So you have to keep that in mind. And so, yeah, okay, I'll just get it fixed on my local mechanic. But they don't have the equipment to fix it. And then you have to take it to the dealership. What they really going to charge you a grip, right? So think about that. With, these two th with this 2003 Camry, I can fix most things with it, right? I can, like I said, I'm not messing with taking out a whole motor and replacing it, but anything else, for the most part, I'm down to do by myself because I already had the experience with the bigger motor, one, and two, I am confident in myself to do the research, understand, you know, how to do it correctly, and then execute on it, right? So keep that in mind when buying these cars. Can you afford... The repairs. Can you afford to be out of a car, you know, week, two weeks? How, um, what's it called? How reliable are these cars that you're getting? <laughs> like you can go on, uh, what's it called? U.S. News. You can go on Edmonds. They're going to have, uh, they're going to have these stats for you. They're going to have rankings for you to show you what's the most reliable car, to show you what's the most least reliable car, what's the cheapest, what's the best, all these different rankings. You can go to these websites and find out this information before just jumping in, getting a 
car, right? Next point, I already jumped ahead. Edmonds U.S. News. Use those. You can use those, right, for doing your own car research, figuring out how much the car uh, value is, car market value. You can use those websites for that. And like I said, figuring out what's the most reliable, what's the least reliable, what's the most safe, what's the least safe. You can figure out all this information from those websites. And there's other websites, but those are the two main ones I was using when I was doing my research. Next up, other more websites for you. Cars.com, AutoTrader, Edmonds, CarGurus, Carfax, TrueCar, uh, and CarMax for finding vehicles. So now, now, so you figured out what you want. You figured out what you wanted it for. You've done your research on the car. You know the average amount people are paying for it. The market is paying for it. All right, now let's find that car. Right, you can go use those two websites to find the find the cars as well. But like I said, the other list I made, those are websites specifically for finding uh, vehicles. And not all dealerships are going to be on these websites. So you might have to actually drive around or use Google Maps, whatever. That's, you know, a whole lot cheaper, a lot more time uh, time saver using Google Maps. But you might have to actually look up different dealerships if you're paying for a cash or if you're doing a cash car route, whatever, to find, you know, better deals, better cars. Take that into consideration, right? And so use those websites to find cars. Understand with CarMax, currently, they're just overpricing their cars. I got a 2016 Elantra, uh, and it was, <laughs> I drove it around for like three weeks, and then, or I drove it around for two weeks, and then uh, I just realized it was, oh, I, so I got a message from Chase saying, hey, um, yeah, you, you can't get this. We're not going to finance this car to you because it's not worth what you're financing. So that was the red flag, number one. And then Penn Fed, another uh, a credit union, hit me up. Um, and Chase is not a credit union, but Penn Fed hit me up and was like, hey, we're not we're not giving you that. We'll give you this. And it was like $3,000 less. And that was red and red flag number two. I was like, all right, bet. And so I took that mug back. <laughs> they got a 30-day return policy. I took that John back. I was like, you're not, I'm not going to be put underwater, which means you're owing more on the car than what the car is worth off grip. Uh, and so take that into consideration. So that was, that was, you know, a blessing for them to be like, this car is not even worth what you asking for, uh, for the two banks to do that. And so I took that John back and uh, rode with the uh, Tahoe a little bit longer. So think about that. You can try to rental a uh, car rental route, right? And so with these car rental places, they're cycling through these cars like clockwork. So after they get to a certain amount of mileage, some 50, 60, 70,000 miles, some even 30,000 miles, once they get to these ranges, they're switching them out for newer cars, right? And so you could buy those used cars. Understand with these, what I learned from this is, yes, they are newer cars. Yes, they are cheaper than the average market sometimes. Yes, they may have been maintained a little bit better as far as maintenance goes, 
But the problem is people aren't driving these cars like they're they're their cars. They're especially these uh Mustangs and you know sports cars. They're they're driving it like it's somebody else's car. <laughs> and they don't have to do maintenance or worry about repairs on it. So they're driving it hard, they're braking hard, they're doing all these different things, curb rash, uh, all these different things, right? And so you have to keep that in mind. Hard accelerating, you have to keep all these things in mind when it comes to uh, getting a used car or getting a uh, used rental car. So that's a route you can go. I'm not saying, you know, don't do it, but you can look into that. Yes, generally they're cheaper. Yes, generally they'll have less miles, newer, blah, blah, blah. But you got to think about the fact that 20, 30, 40, you know, however many people have been in these cars, not everybody's driving smart, right? <laughs> not everybody's driving like it's their car. So keep that in mind if you're going to look for a used rental car to buy. Next, get pre-approved for a loan before going to the dealership. Understand you're going to feel pressured. They're going to, hey, you know, do this, do that, do that, and we'll get you this, we'll get you that. Okay, let me go talk. And, like, they'll, they'll talk fast, and you'll feel rushed. Now, if you're, you know, you're an individual that can take that pressure, that can deal with that, cool, great. I'm not that person. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm not that person. And so I, when I went into the Nissan dealership, he was, you know, doing all these numbers, blah, 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 and I was like, I got to think about it. And so I was just like, all right, let me think about it. And then, you know, we'll go from there. But um, don't get tricked into or don't feel like you can't take time to think about buying a car. I don't care what they say, whether oh, it's going to be gone by tomorrow or this deal won't last long or, you know, whatever. Whatever BS they say, don't do it. Right. Do not. Do it because you might mess around and be getting a terrible deal. So what you do, you go and get pre-approved. I went through PenFed. You can do, like I said, PenFed, and I also bank with Chase. Both of them will give gave me, you know, rates on, you know, different cars. And you can do it as often as you want. And so it's a pre-approval, so it's not going to affect your credit card, your credit score. Now, once you actually go through and, you know, get the loan, then it's going to be a hard inquiry. So keep that in mind. Go into hard inquiries. Is this next? Because I've been jumping around a little bit. I've been jumping around a little bit. Oh, go, going back to the Nissan. Give you a quick story about that. So I walked. I just wanted to know the process. That's literally it. I just wanted to see the process. I, I wasn't even really looking to get a car. And so I walk in there. I was like, hey, you know, I'm looking to get a car, blah, blah, blah. He was like, what's your price or what's your monthly budget, right? That's the trick, fam. That's the trick is they ask for the monthly budget, not what is your budget for the full car. No, they ask for the, what's the monthly budget you have for this vehicle. Don't get fooled by it. What you want to do is negotiate the full price of the vehicle, not the monthly but the full cost of the vehicle, right? Because I walked in, like I said, just just wanted to get the experience, get my feet wet, see what's going on, get out in the field and not stay on YouTube, not stay on the sidelines, but let me get out in the field. So that's what I did. So I went to Nissan down the street, 
I was like, hey, looking for a car. Budget, uh, or they at first asked, what am I looking to put down? I was like, uh, 1500 Uh, What are you looking to get? Uh, or what's your monthly budget? I said $250. They're like, ah, we, we might not be able to do that. That's uh, that's very low. That's very low. So I was like, all right, let's look. And so he was like, all right, let's let's just at least look at look at a car and see what we can do. So he got me in a Nissan. I think it was an Altima. Um, so we drove around in that for a little bit. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Whatever. And uh, we got back to the dealership. So he's like, yeah, you like it? I'm like, yeah. And so he was like, all right, let's let's see what we can do. And so the first was like first offer was like 350 for I think he just said 350, right? He didn't even give me month month uh the amount of months. So he was like 350 or 450. I'm like, ah, that's a little too much. And then he was like, okay, what monthly payment do we need to get you at for you to leave today? And I was I was playing. I was joking. I was like 250. 250 and uh we we can get out of here. Uh you know, you sell me the vehicle, I'll go today. And so he, you know, they go behind the scene, do their little thing. He was like, I, I got it down to 254. And that's the lowest I've seen in however long. <laughs> I, was just, I was like, man, whatever. And uh and I looked, that money was for 72 months, fam. Paying $250 for 72 months. Understand you are accruing interest on those 72 months. Whether it's 48 months, whether it's 24 months, or 72 months, you're accruing interest. So understand the amount of interest I was paying for 72, I would have paid for 72 months would have been ridiculous. All right? And I, I don't think we even got to APR. Um but it it was ridiculous, and I was like, "Yeah, nah, we we not doing that." And um, I I did the math real quick. I think it came out to around twenty k after the seventy two months. But understand, I also looked and saw that those uh those Nissans are going for ten to fifteen k. I would have been underwater again. <laughs> I would have been underwater if I would have went with that Nissan um, doing just focusing on the monthly budget. So take, fam, please, 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 do your research outside of this, but listen to me right now as you're listening to this podcast. Negotiate the price of the vehicle first and firm, foremost, not the monthly payments, right? When, you know, like I said, that's why you're doing that research beforehand. Go in, okay, I used all these different websites to see the average cost of this car I want. Hey, this dealership has it. Let me go to this dealership. Now you now you already have a pre-approved uh, loan, right? You have a pre-approved loan, and you also know how much the vehicle roughly is worth. Now you got ammunition, right? Now you got some... You got some behind you. You got some backbone now, right? So now you can go in. Hey, I'm looking at this vehicle. Uh, test drive it, whatever. How, l- let's negotiate this, right? Let, can, can we get to my number, right? Next, focus on fees, cause not cause they might hit you with that internet price that oh it's only fifteen thousand, and then you end up walking away with, with the car, uh, 
car note of twenty thousand, right? Because they had all these fees, they had all these services, all these different things that you don't really need, or they add it and don't even tell you about it, right? So you have to look out for dealership fees. The, uh, I think the main one that has to be added is documentation fee. That's around one hundred and fifty. So if you see that, is I mean you you can try to get that knocked off. You got a friend, whatever. But from my understanding, you can't really get that dealership fee knocked off. Uh, I think that's with the state or whatever. And that's, like I said, $150. But all these other random BS fees, do your research, see if it's a legitimate fee, and or see if you can negotiate that fee. Because if you walk in with the internet price and it says 14000 and then by the end of it, it's going to be like 20000 something ain't right. Something is not right, so look out for that as well, right? Understand, some banks have their own uh, car buying service with PenFed, going back to their them. I, Chase also has it, but with PenFed, they have their own car buying process, which is through car, uh, which one was it? I think it was TrueCar. TrueCar is with TrueCar. So with TrueCar, is you know, you can do it through uh, PenFed or you can just go to the TrueCar website. doesn't make a difference, except if you're going to get the auto loan through PenFed. So I understand PenFed or uh, TrueCar validates and, you know, has certain requirements to be put on their website. Uh, same with PenFed. They're only going to, uh, you know, give you a loan for a certain type of car in a certain type of condition. And so with PenFed, they give you a couple options. You can do new, you can do uh, used vehicle, you can do certified, and then you can do private party, right? Or you can do through their car buying service. So they, they give you a couple of options as far as how, how do you want to get this car loan, right? And so... Think about, you know, using a credit union. Think about using Chase. Think about using some of these other banks. Shop around for the best rate, right? Shop around for the best rate. You do not just want to go in, oh, I guess I'll get this. No. <laughs> Don't do it. Do your own research. I'm trying to help y'all out. I'm trying to help y'all out. Get the Carfax. This is number seven. Get the Carfax on every vehicle you possibly can, it's like $47, $49 each. But most dealerships give it to you for free. Understand a little hack I found is if you're on True Car, if you're on, uh, what was the other one that I used a lot? I think it was True Car and it was Auto Trader. Um, but anyhow, when you're on these websites looking for cars and they're giving you, you know, a whole list of dealerships and all these different things, if the Carfax is not on that website, then go to the dealership website and look for it there. So how do you do that? If they're blocking the information, um, if they're blocking the information as far as who the dealer is, copy the VIN. Oh, I'm giving y'all game. Copy the VIN of the car that you want put it into the browser, hit search, and then, then it's going to come up with the website you just left as well as the actual dealership, right? This game, man. I'm, I've told y'all I'm giving y'all game. 
And so you go to that website, you go to the actual dealership's website, and lo and behold, they might, not guarantee, but they might actually have the Carfax for you. And so that's I found multiple cars and their Carfax doing it that way when it wasn't on True Car or any of these other uh, car searching websites. So definitely give that a try uh, if you can't find it off rip. Copy them in, put it in Google, search these other websites, see if they give you the Carfax. Now, that's for um, that's for dealerships, right? And you just want to do that. That way, you're not wasting your time. You try to try to stay away from branded. I I per I ain't gonna tell you what to do. I personally try to stay away from branded, uh, totaled, all these different types of cars. Like I don't salvage. I I don't want those cars. I want a clean title, and uh, that's just easier to transfer, less headache, less, you know, less headache, period. And so um, do your research under the hood um, and not just what it looks like on the pictures because it will deceive you, and you will know why literally right now. <laughs> you will know why literally right now. So if you are buying, going the used route, this is the route I go went. I went the used route. I went the private uh, seller route. So understand if you're going to do this, if you're going to get an, especially, it doesn't matter. Not especially. It doesn't matter. But if you're going to go this route, then bring an OBD2 reader. What this d does is reads the car's computer to see if there are any codes. That check engine light, that's telling you that something's wrong with the vehicle and it needs to be fixed. So OBD2 reader, what that does is it reads that code and tells you what's wrong with the vehicle. Understand people are very sneaky, especially on Facebook Marketplace and all these other websites. Um, so what you want to do is come prepared, bring your backbone, bring your OBD2 reader. You can get them the cheapest are like $10, but you got to have an app. You can do it. Uh, yes, it's Bluetooth. You can do it from your phone. But sometimes these apps are finicky and not that very uh, well developed. So keep that in mind. I, try, I mean, try it out. If it works, great. If it doesn't, send it back on Amazon. Do you? But um, I'd advise you get like a $25 one, $20 to $35 one. Those are the uh, low range, but gets the job done. It'll, it'll tell you what's wrong with the car. Mine is a hundred dollars. I invested in mine. It doesn't do, it doesn't do much more. It doesn't do much more than what yours is going to do, to be honest with you. So um get an OBD2 reader. That way when you show up, you plug it in, you figure out what is wrong, what's actually wrong with the car, if there is anything wrong with it. Understand, yes, there may not, uh, this is game. Understand there may not be a light on, there may not be a check engine light on, but there may be a pending check in, pending code. So what that means is is ran through, but it's not completely certain that it's a problem, but that that uh, computer is going to continue checking to make sure to see whether it's going to be a problem or not through the next couple of drive cycles. I'm giving y'all game. I'm sorry. If you don't know these terms, look them up because this episode's already going to be way too long. But there may be pending, uh, maybe pending codes 
in that car, in that ECU. And so you want to check that to make sure that there's nothing unseen actually going on in the car. Understand? Here's how you know. Here's how you know. Here it is. So you plug it in, and then what it's going to tell you are the monitors. Understand what monitors are. They monitor each system in the vehicle, right? O2 sensors, cats, all, all those different things. And so these monitors have to be set in order for you to pass inspection or ready. They have to be ready in order for you to pass inspection. That's why if you go get your car fixed and then immediately go try to get uh, a inspection, you're probably going to fail. Why? Because those monitors are not ready. At the bottom of the uh, at the bottom of the sheet that they give you after a test, it says you know monitors ready, not ready, not included, whatever. And so, um, that that's what I'm talking about. If all of those are red and all of those are not ready, here it is. Then that means they just reset it. That means they know that there's a problem before they got there to meet with you. So they reset it so you couldn't see the check engine light and you couldn't see the code. Or, you know, they assume that you don't have an OBD2 reader. So they reset it so you don't see the check engine light. So if you see that, run. Be like, nah, I'm good. So now you just save yourself time. So as soon as you get there, go save yourself time. Hey, how you doing? Good, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's plug this OBD2 reader. Let's get this out the way first and foremost. Let's not waste any more time, right? So plug that in because now that now you're seeing the unseen. And so once you get that done, all that's good. Okay, now do your inspection. You know, there's hundreds of YouTube videos uh, about, you know, doing your own inspection. Or even better, just take it to a mechanic to do his own inspection on it, right? And they'll do it for, I, I think, I don't know how much it is, $100. I, I really don't know. I, I didn't do it. But uh, I didn't do it through a mechanic. I kind of did my own little inspection. But you want to check everything. You want to check the fluids. You want to check everything you're going to be using on the car, which is everything. Check the windows. Check the, uh, like I said, the fluids, the brake, uh, yeah, the brake fluid. Make sure that's not dirty in these older cars. Check the oil. Check the transmission fluid. Check uh, the, what's it called, windshield wiper fluid. Check coolant. Check all these different fluids to make sure that they are, one, at the level that they're supposed to be at, and two, not old and dirty. Um, with my Tahoe, when I got that uh, from my grandparents, that thing was dirty. Like, she did not do any fluid change, and it was obvious. And so I had to switch out the uh, I, I didn't switch it all the way out, but I, I took most of it out and replaced it because I didn't have the parts I needed to completely bleed out the brakes. But... Uh, once I did that and changed the brakes, it worked just fine. It, it worked a lot better than it was before. And so I just left it at that rather than doing a full uh, brake bleed. But look at that. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Look around the car. Check the, uh, check the suspension. Make sure the suspension's good and the plastic's not wearing off. Check all these different things before you just go test drive it. Right? Um, then on the test drive, this is where I messed up, right? This is where I messed up. So I went, I went city. I, I did my thing in the city. I, you know, turned the wheel all the way, 
one way, turn the wheel all, all the way the other way, cool. But I did not take it on the highway, and I, I should have taken it on the highway. Always do a city drive and a highway drive, right? Like I said, I'm not perfect. I goofed, and now I figured out a problem that is wrong with the inch, that is wrong with the uh, car after the fact. And so take it highway miles, 60, 70 miles per hour to see how it sounds at those, uh, at that speed. Because understand the car was completely fine uh, in the city driving 30, 40 miles per hour. But as soon as I got to 60 and 70 miles per hour, that's when I heard some knocking and some different things like that. And I was like, man, I messed up. And so, and it was very faint. So you could barely even hear it. And so keep that in mind. Oh, another thing. When I was going to look at another car, uh, I think it was a, an Elantra. Um, when I was going to look at that, I happened to turn on the, uh, what's it called? The air conditioning. Turn on both sides. All right. Turn on both sides. I think it was hot or cold. That I don't remember what it was. I'll say it was cold. Whatever. I'll make it up. It was cold. So I turned on the AC to see if the AC was blowing. It was not. It was not. It was not at all. And so and um, he like the music was up. Turn down the music. If they already had turn down the music so you can hear the engine. Hear everything going around here, you know, vibrations here, uh, rattling here, whatever. You want to be able to hear everything going on with that car. So turn off the music. If they're talking, they're trying to talk your ear off. Hey, give me a second. Let, let me hear the engine. Let, let me hear the car real quick. Don't you know? You ain't gotta be rude, but hey, <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to hear the engine. I'm not trying to hear you right now. And so do that. Make sure you can hear the engine, hear everything that's going on with the car and not what's going on with the passenger, right? Or not what's going on on the radio. And so, like, I, the point of me telling that story was the AC was bad. And so if I wouldn't have tested out that AC, even though I was comfortable, I was already comfortable in the car. There, there was no need to even turn on the AC. I was good. But I happened to turn on the AC, test the heat, test the AC, and it didn't work. And then I tried another. What car was that? Nah, that, I, okay, that was the Trailblazer. The Trailblazer, actually, the heat ended up working. I pressed the wrong button. But, <laughs> but anyway, test out the air, test out everything. It doesn't matter if the conditions are great and perfect. Test out the windshield wipers. Test out... The thing that sprays out the fluid of the windshield wipe, test it all out, even though you don't need it right then and there, because eventually you will need it, and you need to make sure that all of that stuff works. This is specifically for buying uh, from a private seller, because they're going to hide so much from you, so much from you. Now, in my case, with the Camry I got, I knew that it had a uh, bad catalytic converter. I knew that. I did research so because I plugged it in. I plugged in the OBD2 uh, reader. And plus, the, the light was on. So I, he, he didn't even reset it. The light was on. But um, I plugged it in. So I was OBD2. And I was like, okay, 
let me see how much this is. I found out that they're really only three, four hundred bucks. So I was like, that's not that big a deal. It's front of the, it's in the front of the engine. It should be like a 10, 30, you know, an hour job max, hour job max, but really like 20, 30 minutes, right? And so I, I took that because I know that I can get that job done myself with the skill set that I have. If you don't have that skill set and you're going to go to a dealership or a repair shop, they're going to charge you five, six, seven hundred dollars. Why? Because they're going to get the top of the line equipment. That way they don't have to redo the uh, redo the job because if it's broken or if it's messed up, then there's a warranty and they have to fix it. So they're going to get the top of the line equipment and they're also going to pay you labor. And so you're going to be paying double what you would have paid getting a, you know, average market price part, right? A part that's not terrible, that's not the cheapest in, but also not the most expensive, but has great reviews and that you can do it yourself to avoid paying those um, labor cost fees. So I took that. I was like, cool, I, I, I'll fix the catalytic converter. That's not a problem with me. But understand your skill set, understand what you're willing to fix, understand if you're not willing to touch the car, then buying that car probably isn't the best option for you, right? So think about that. Uh, multiple inquiries. Understand, oh, 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 let me back up. Let me back up. Let me back up. What time is it? Cool. We'll, we'll, we'll knock out these last three real quick. When at the dealership, the car is not yours. You're not obligated to buy it. None of that until you sign the official documentation from the dealership. Anything before that, you can back out. I remember I was at a, uh, I went to a friend, uh, and he works at a dealership. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm looking for a car. He helped me out. We got all ready. I called the person, uh, dude that was helping me uh, at the time. He was like, hey, you want to look for this? Look for that. Watch out for this. Th these cars are reliable. These cars are not. I hit him up last minute. And I was like, hey, I'm about to get this car. Is, what you think? He's like, no, nah, don't do it. Don't do it. Mind you, my friend was in there getting the paperwork ready. We already did the test drive, did everything, looked at a couple cars. I was like, I want this one. And so, like I said, I called, I called my dude up last minute. I was like, hey, bro, what, what you think? You think I should go through with it? Like, don't do it. Do not do it. Say less. <laughs> Say less. And so I backed out. I backed out. I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't want it. And then the sales manager came over. He was like, why, why, why this, why that? And trying to persuade me, I was like, nah, I'm good. I, I just don't want the car. I don't think it's reliable. I don't think it's a good car for me. He's like, okay, cool, whatever. And so I backed out of that. Understand at the Nissan dealership, they hit me with the, they hit me with the, uh, they wrote down the 72 months, or they wrote down uh, $250 per month, um, you'll walk out, right? And so basically just making up a contract on a plain white piece of paper. Like he scribbled that on a plain white piece of paper, right? Copy paper. And it was like, sign here. I'm like, okay. Like I said, this is my first time. I was just trying to get my feet wet. So I signed, whatever. He went back. He was like, this is the number I got for you. Can you do that? I was like, ah, it's not at that 250. It's 254. So I can't do that. So low key, I was a little, you know, a little worried in the moment because I never experienced that. But after doing research, that's just a way for them, for you, 
that's just for a way for you to buy in even more on a unofficial deal that y'all made, right? Yeah, you said you'd walk out if we got it down to that price. Even if he did, there still was no obligation for me to walk out that dealership that day at that price because it wasn't official documentation. So don't be worried about that. Don't be scared about that. That is just a tactic to get you to buy the car right then and there. So you don't even have to sign it. It's not necessary. Like I said, it's just a tactic. So if they give you flack for it, whatever it is, what it is, but you don't have to sign a white uh, printer paper that they scribbled on just to say you'd buy the car. You don't have to do it. I'm letting you know that now. I, I had to get that one in there. Uh, yes, with multiple inquiries within a certain time period, for buy, for car buying only doesn't affect your credit that much. Yes, your credit score will go down because it is a hard inquiry, but they're going to think of it as one inquiry within a certain, I think it's like within a month. So within a certain period of time, they're going to batch that all together and then your credit score will, you know, not take too big of a hit. I'm at like a 776 or something right now. And I got nine inquiries. Now, if this was from different types of inquiries, like I tried to get a loan, I tried to get a student loan, I tried to get a credit card, all them car loans. Now, all that, yes, that will wreck your score, right? That that will bring your score down. But if it's all just auto loan inquiries, you're going to be fine. Don't don't stress too much about it, but avoid it at all costs. That's why you're going to get the pre-approved inquiry first before hitting up the dealership. Um, and that's it. That's the last one. I already talked about the test drive. Um, but that's the episode for y'all. I hope y'all got a lot of value from this podcast. I tried to geek out and give y'all some real game and try to, you know, give y'all the workarounds and how to not get uh, scammed out here in these streets. So take these nuggets, run with them. If you join the podcast, donate one, five, ten dollars every single month. Get the helper brother out special uh, down in the description down below. That would help me greatly. You know, that's a Chipotle bowl every month. You know, every month. Not every week, not every day. Just every month. You know, get, throw your boy a Chipotle bowl every single month if you're enjoying the con uh, content. Uh, people from around the world, thank you for li listening and tuning in every single week. I greatly appreciate y'all in the States, in Texas, in all these different cities. Thank y'all for tuning in every single week. I definitely appreciate it. I'm bringing y'all a lot of value very soon, so stay tuned. Y'all take it easy. Peace.